Hey, welcome to 514 Church. And to everyone who's watching online, week two of Valuable, I'm so excited. Um, this number has great meaning because in 1863, Abraham Lincoln went to Gettysburg for the Gettysburg Address. It was a day to commemorate and honor the bloodiest battle in the Civil War. 50,000 uh, soldiers died in three days at Gettysburg. And so uh, later in that year, they came together to commemorate that day. And there was a bunch of different people who were set up to speak that day. And one guy named Edward Everett, who was actually the title person, the, the, the person uh, that was kind of the marquee person to speak that day, he spoke before Abraham Lincoln for two hours uh, and spoke 13,000-some words. And um, when he was speaking, they got his picture, and, and he had his moment, and it went on for two hours. And then Abraham Lincoln stood up, and he spoke for uh, barely five minutes, and he actually said 272 words in what's called the Gettysburg Address, one of the most famous, if not the most famous speeches of all time, and definitely one that our kids and we remember as we learn American history, four score and 70 years ago. We know this speech, and Abraham Lincoln just stood up to, to just kind of bring some perspective to that moment, but writers went on to say that what he said that day would actually be remembered even more than the battle or some of the things that took place in the Civil War, and in some ways he's true, because we know that speech, a 272-word speech, had that kind of impact. And Gettysburg, the Battle of Gettysburg, was one of the turning points in the war. And so what you see is that Abraham Lincoln, in 272 words, he took the Union Army in America and made a hard left turn. And from that moment on, the rest is history. And the Union won, and it was, it was an amazing moment. Uh, the brevity of Abraham Lincoln's words is, is remarkable. It's something to, to sit on and think about and process together. Uh, the day that he gave this speech, uh, there was a photographer there, and he took all the different speakers' pictures. And when Abraham Lincoln stood up, the photographer uh, in the 1800s, he, he thought he had lots of time, and, and cameras took a, lot, a long time to get ready to take another photograph for the, for the light bulb to be recharged. And so he actually didn't get ready in time because he anticipated the president standing up and, and speaking for quite some time because the person in front of him spoke for two hours. But because he spoke so quickly, the photographer was unable to get a great picture of Abraham Lincoln at this Gettysburg Address. He only got him when he was stepping down. And so this is all we have of Abraham Lincoln speaking at the Gettysburg Address because what he said was so short and so to the point and so macro and so helpful and so valuable that it changed everything and we don't even have a photograph to remember it. We just have those words, those timeless, timeless words that made great change. Last week we talked about some words that should change our life, our lives in terms of our value. Words of God. God says you're valuable. God says that you are his child. Not because of what you've done, but because of who you are, you are valuable. 
And so we said this last week. We said, I am who God says I am. And today what we're going to talk about is not just who we are, but the power of like words and what they do in the world we live in. Because it's important to understand that, that we are valuable because God made us valuable and he calls us valuable. And we focus on what God says. Last week we talked about who we are. This week we're going to talk about what is said, what God says about us, and more importantly, what we say and the power in what we say. You see, when God speaks, it matters. The scriptures teach us that God's word is so powerful that it created the world. It created the earth. The scriptures go through that. And so what I want to teach us today is that words didn't just create the world when God spoke, but that words create the world that the people around us live in. Your words create the world that the people around you are living in. People live in this world, and you say certain things, and what you say has so much impact that it can determine, it can help create, or it can help dissemble, disassemble your value or their value. Your words matter. If what God says matters, then what you say matters because you were created in the image of God, and he gave you this powerful ability to speak. Words create worlds. Some of us are in here today, and there have been things said to you. You've been spoken to, said, had things said to you or about you, and what it has done, it has created a sense of your value. You might hear, God loves you, and you might have grown up in the church, God loves me, Jesus died for me, he paid a price for me, I'm bought with a price, the Bible says all these things, but because you grew up in a home where someone is verbally abusive, where someone has spoken negative things over you, you walk around in between your ears believing I don't matter because they said I don't matter or they called me that or they believe that about me. So I must not matter. Some of us are in the room right now and what you've done on Twitter alone has wrecked somebody or Instagram. You've posted something that just those words have affected someone in a negative way and, and those words and those posts, they've communicated value or a lack of value. And so many of us are living with this value bull. We're living with this belief that we don't matter because of what someone said. And so we have to like, we have to take a minute and pause and go, okay, words create worlds. They create the worlds that the people around us live in. They determine our value. If you are surrounded by someone who's positive all the time, then you know what? You're going to like start to hear positive things and you're going to believe valuable things. And if you hear from someone that's speaking truth, then you're going to start to believe the truth. If you're surrounded by someone who's speaking lies about you or about the world we live in, you're going to live that. Words actually stack up around us and create this world that we live in. And you and I are the ones who speak them. I know that there's some people in here that have experienced some pain because of, of some words that have been said that have created a world where value has been diminished based upon what someone, someone spoke. I, I'm, I'm guilty of this. I mean, you could imagine the preacher, right? I mean, big surprise. I'm an external processor. Really, really dangerous if words create worlds for you to externally process. 
Uh, I, when I was, just got married, my wife and I just got married, the night of the Friends finale, we got into a heated discussion. And I said something to my wife that night that hurt her. It, it was not, I didn't raise my voice. I wasn't ill-intended, but I wasn't guarded. And I didn't understand that I could speak something out of my mouth and that it would build in her a sense of her value or lack of value just with words. I didn't understand that, you know, I'm a leader in her life or, or that I have an influence and that if I say certain things a certain way that it could literally handicap her in terms of value. And we have had discussions and specifically for the first 10 years of our marriage, there were discussions that went back to those simple words that caused that lack of value. I mean, have you ever had someone say something to you and, and it just... It hurts, and then you say sorry, and of course I've gone back and said sorry and tried to fix it and change it and live it different and speak positively, but whenever things get difficult or conversations happen, it comes back to that. It comes back to, yeah, I forgive you, but are you saying that again? Because that hurt, and that's a bruise, and that's a wound, and that's created a sense of value. And so I, my heart today is that you have to understand words create worlds. What you say stacks up in someone's mind. Those positive things are something beautiful that people believe and they dwell inside of that. Those negative things are right next to them. And it is so important for us to understand the weight of this. Part of this, again, is to understand the nature of how we are made. Words create worlds. Words created the world. Words created the world. The place that we call home came into existence through God speaking. So what I want you to do is just start to understand not just that you can say something, but that when you speak, it materializes into a world that someone believes inside their head about themselves, their value, their worth. It, it says this in, in, in the scriptures. It teaches how the world, the physical world was made when God spoke. It says this. It says, and God said... In Genesis chapter 1, verse 3, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. He spoke, and light came. It goes on to say, and God said eight times in Genesis chapter 1, and that's how the whole world was made. And God said, let there be an expanse, and then there was the, the, the sky and, and the different levels of the sky and outer space, and God said, let there be waters, and then there were waters, and then he said, let there be land, and then land and water split, and then God said, and let the waters be teeming with animals, and then there were animals just speaking creating the world just with what he said, just making a reality with his words. And then people, it said, and God said, and let us make man in our image. And God said that, and then boom, man was made. You see, we have to understand that our mouths, our ability to communicate is powerful. And if you don't handle it gingerly and graciously, then you might be not building a world, you might be destroying someone's world. 
And those words that we speak to our kids when they're young, there's study after study about how it just creates what they believe. You ever met someone who grew up in a home with negative talk or not enough talk or abuse and you see them and they don't believe they're valuable and you get to know them, it's because someone created a world that they're living in that's not true, it's lies. All of that can happen with the power of the tongue. Right now, counseling rooms all over Columbus are full of people who have been brought up in this lie of a world where they lack value. There are women in this room right now who don't think they matter because their old boyfriend said that one thing. There are, there are, there are men in this room today who don't think they matter. You're living in this world that you believe you don't matter. It's valuable. It's just junk because your dad never said good job. He never said good job, so you don't think that you ever did a good job. So you're living in this world that lacks this piece on the shelf of value reinforcement. All because of what's been spoken. Words create worlds, man. And here's the beauty. Here's what you need to get today. Here's what you need to dig in and like understand is that God's word, it created the world, and God's word, it recreates our world. So God made us, and he made us in his image, and it was very, very good. Sin and brokenness and darkness entered into the world. Darkness, separation from God, death. And then God sent his son. God actually calls, and the scriptures call Jesus the word. So the power of Jesus, the word, came in to recreate the relationship between God and man. Then the word of God is called bread. It's called water. It's called shelter. It's called uh, directions. It's called all these beautiful things because the word of God, God's word as it's written in the scripture and, and translated to us through the Holy Spirit, it is designed to give us life in this broken, dark world. So God's word creates the world, we break it with sin, and then God continues to speak life. And so as followers of Jesus, we have to digest, we have to get the word of God in our lives so that we can see the way that God reinforces our world with his words and then start to do that for other people. Because God has called us and given us a tongue as an image bearer, so if we don't take it and handle it well, then we start to speak these lies. We start to tear down and start to ruin people's lives because we haven't got the truth of God's word in us, so we're speaking negativity. So there's a king in the Old Testament who understood God's word. And when we look at God's word really close, we can see what it does. And so I'm gonna go through some of the things that David says God's word is and are. And I want you to ask two questions. I want you to go, am I getting that from God? Like, is that recreating my world? Because I want to know the word of God. And if it's bread and it's life and it's water, is that filling up my world? And then I want you to ask yourself, if God's word does that, does my word do anything close to what God's word does? When you look at what God's word does, what it's supposed to do, through us. 
David says this about God's word. He says, your word, God, is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The word of God gives clarity of direction. Like there are people in this room, you don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. You could read the word of God. It can give you a path. It gives you Jesus who says, I am the way. Jesus is this path. The word of God is a pathway. If you're looking for a path, look to the word of God. You'll find Jesus. You'll find a path. You'll find something to follow and live for. You will. It's all in the word of God. And then my question for you is, does your word bring clarity of direction to people? Does it? Does your word, does what you say bring clarity? Does it lay a pathway? He goes on and says some other amazing things. My soul is weary with sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Scripture, God's word, gives us strength. It gives you strength, not just desire, not just a willingness. The word of God, as it's written in the scriptures, I know this from experience, will give you physical strength in your body. You read it, and you will get strong. Do your words bring strength to people around you? I run in the path of your commands or your words, for you have set my heart free. Set my heart free. There's, there's going to be times in your life where you feel trapped. You feel like your heart, your emotions, your life, your desire, your way, your will, all of it feels packed up in this thing and you don't know how to go, where to go, how to go. And what God's word does is it sets our hearts free. It sets our hearts free from the bondage of sin and brokenness and darkness in this world. It sets it free. The world has locked us up and trapped us up in brokenness and lies. And God's word is truth that sets us free. Does your word bring freedom to people? Now, as I'm going through this, I don't want you to think about the people in your life who their words don't bring freedom to people. I want you to think about how your words and what your words do. I know some of you are going, see, honey, I'm glad you came to church today. Y'all need to be in church. Everybody. Direct me in the path of your commands, your word, for there I find delight. A lot of us are looking for love in all the wrong places. Looking for love in all the wrong places. No fine girls, just ugly faces. Listen. God's word will bring you delight. It will bring you joy. This is an experience that he can bring you. Does what you say bring delight to people? You can have this discussion at lunch and do a self-assessment. Say it, my words don't bring delight, do they? And everyone will go, no, they don't. You need to suck it up, cupcake. Start saying some stuff that matters or don't say anything at all. Look what else God's word does. My comfort in my suffering is this, your promise preserves my life, my comfort. My comfort. The Christian life is not about ridding you of suffering right now. Jesus said you will have trouble, but take heart. 
Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world, and I have overcome the world. The word of God can give you comfort. It can actually make you feel a sense of ease and peace in the midst of suffering. There are people in this room who are suffering. I know people here who have been diagnosed with cancer, who have lifelong illnesses, who have lost people recently, in and out of rehab, and I have watched them drink from the trough of the word of God and come up, wipe their lip and go, I feel comfort. I feel comfort. I don't know, I don't know what to tell you. The word of God, it does that. Do your words bring comfort to people? Like hand it, like slide it across the table? Here's some comfort. I've been thinking about this. Here's what I want to say. David says this about words, God's words. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. That's a really cool word for words and laws and parameters and boundaries. I meditate on what you say is right and good. And it brings me insight. You know, insight is something that we get with experience. Lots of different boards get built with people with wisdom. We want to build this board. We're going to develop this part of the city. Whatever it is, we're going to bring some people around here that have some wisdom. What does that mean? They have some insight. What does that mean? They've been somewhere where they can bring some information that they wouldn't have unless they went there. Some insight. They've been inside of something. They looked in. They see it. And they bring and go, here's what I've seen. The word of God can dump insight into your mind without you having to experience it. You can have more wisdom than your teachers. College students, don't go and say to your teacher, I read the Bible, I know more than you. He will smack you on the head and I will repeat it afterward. I will hit you on the head with a tack hammer because that's one of the most foolish things you could do. But it will give you insight. You see, you and me live in a world that was created by God's words. You and me are image bearers of God's. Our words create worlds. Your words are creating someone's world. And so as God created a world, we all are surrounded by people who have a world. They're carrying it around. It's their world. You know this world. You're living right here. This is your world. This is what you think, what you believe, what you feel, what you perceive. This is what, where you're living, man. It's your world. It's what you think is right, what you think is wrong. What you don't understand is that what is creating that is an outside influence. Words. You, you, if you don't believe you matter, that's because someone said you don't. And then did something to back it up. If you're in this room today and you don't believe you matter, maybe someone never came along and told you that you matter. So you've just had to fill up the empty space with whatever you could find. If you are in here today and you think no one loves you, that's because someone didn't tell you how much they love you and didn't show how much they love you. Your world has been created by words. Words are seeds that do more than blow around. They land in our hearts and not on the ground. Be careful what you plant and careful what you say. You might have to eat 
what you planted one day. You see, some of us right now, we're planting in people's lives these seeds, these ideas, these lies, and they're creating that. And you are, de- you are determining some, some direction for their life. And some of you are in here today, you believe God loves you because someone told you God loves you. And you believe that you can do it because someone told you that you can do it. And some of you have been born into or, or in, involved in tremendous difficulty and you have huge obstacles in life to overcome financially, physically, mentally, relationally, whatever it is. But you have someone that spoke life and said, that's not your world. You can do it. So you're in here and you believe you can do it because of words. Words. Your words, they create worlds. The things that you say are literally building the map. They're building the landscape. They're building the beliefscape of the minds you are living with. You say something that matters, something that's positive, it gets logged. And someone believes that and they live that. You say something negative, it gets logged. It starts to build value. And unfortunately, there's just people in here that are just full of value bull because of the words that you've said and you're sitting next to them or you're the one that said it. And maybe you're looking at someone that's experiencing great heartache and you're going, I did that, man. I said that. I can, I can relate to that, you guys. I have said things to people as a boss, as a leader, I have done things where I have done reports with people and reviews with people where I've like said a bunch of positive things and one negative thing and I didn't understand that even just my position in their life, the words meant more. This is, it's huge. Understanding what a friendship means and what the words mean. Understanding what a marriage means and what the words mean. Understanding how to speak and think with this type of sensitivity. My words are building a world. God's words created a world. So what I'm going to do is I am going to be an agent of positivity. And this message is about choosing to be an agent of positivity in people's lives. To not bring destruction and hurricane force winds and and, and thunderstorms, but to bring rain and love and goodness and life. Now, here's the thing that the turn about, the, about speaking and about words. This is the part that's hard, and this is where I'm going to land the plane. Because we live in this, this human flesh that's broken and tainted by sin, the Scripture actually teaches that our tongue is a deadly, deadly, poisonous member of our body. And the brother of Jesus puts it in his own words, in his own way, in James chapter 3. The brother of Jesus says, our words are more hurtful than helpful. That in so many words, it's difficult to tame the tongue. He says that our tongues have been set on fire by hell, that they're poisonous, that no one can tame them. And if anyone can, he's basically mature or perfect. And so what that means is that you and I, have the propensity without making adjustments to simply add only to the negative column, to just hurt people, 
to just say things that communicate negativity, to build a world of value bull on someone's shoulders. And so we have to make this adjustment. And here's what I want to just impart to you, things I've learned about speaking and words that hopefully you can take and materialize this in your life like today, like now. If you're watching online, this is everything. This is as practical as it gets in terms of what, what God has to say in terms of relationships and living out this, this, whole, this whole Christian experience. What I've learned when it comes to speaking and understanding the power is this idea, is economy of words. Economy. And this is the idea that what I'm going to say is going to be positive and it is going to matter as much as possible by saying it as, you know, as limited as I can. I'm going to say as few amount of words as I can that are mostly positive. I'm going to bring great value to every word that I say. So when you start to think that way, you start to think, I'm only going to export good. I'm only going to export good. Knowing what James says about the scriptures, in the scriptures about our tongue, is that our tongues are evil and poisonous, and they have a propensity to be bad. Essentially, when we speak without having governed it, we serve a meal to someone that doesn't taste good. And so the scriptures say that what we're supposed to do with our speech is we're supposed to season it with salt. And so here's what I want you to think. I want you to think this idea. I'm pretty sure what I would normally say is gonna be hurtful and it's gonna add value bull to people's lives. It's just gonna hurt them. So what I'm gonna do is before I say, I'm gonna take inventory and I'm going to season what I say with salt. I'm gonna make sure that what I say tastes good to people, that it helps them, it's helpful. It adds value to them. It brings them something instead of value bull. So here's a couple ways to season what you say with salt. The first one is this, less is always more. Less is always more when it comes to speaking. This is so hard for me. I'm thinking more is more because I get to speak more. As an external processor, I have had to learn that there are very few people I can externally process with because they don't know that, hey, I'm just sharing an idea. If I say what I'm really thinking all the time, man, it's palpable and it can hurt. We have to make sure that we don't just speak to speak but that everything we say is seasoned with salt. It's been said, a wise man speaks because he has something to say. A fool speaks just to say something. I think it was Abraham Lincoln and a bunch of other people, but he kind of coined this idea that it is better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. Just be quiet. Less is always more. It's just better. And I've learned this the hard way. Because usually in the room, the smartest person speaks the least and last. And so you're bringing economy. You're bringing salt. What am I going to say that matters and how is it going to be positive? Here's another thought. Kind words can be short and easy to speak, but their echoes are truly endless. You want to have great impact? Kind, small, simple words. Not too much. Just enough. Seasoned with salt. Kind of like the way the Europeans eat as opposed to the Americans. Just a thought. 
Here's another thought about economy and seizing the salt. Know what you're really saying. You see, Peter Drucker, he said, the art of communication is to understand what isn't being said or to hear what isn't being said. Every time something is said, you need to know something is being said beside that. And the, the key to that is to know that when you speak, that if you don't govern it, there's something that you're saying that you're not saying. And so you wanna make sure when you speak that what I'm saying is clear, it's taken as it is, and there's no doubt behind it. There's no like, what does he really mean? I think that was a, like a cut. I think that was a job. When I was a kid, my sister had her boyfriend over. was 13. I was 13. Her boyfriend was like 19, and he was doing the whole shaving thing, like learning. And he like had a bunch of razor burn. And I was looking at his face, and I, it was so razor burnt, I wanted to be like, man, you got a lot of razor burn. But instead of saying like, man, you got a lot of razor burn, I said, hey, man, so do you go with the grain or against the grain? which is an insult. It's the same thing as saying, man, your face looks mangled. He knew why I was asking is because I remember him going like this. Yeah, I try to go with the grain. But he knew why I was asking. I was going, dude, why, what happened? You see, there's something behind what you say. You need to know what it is and make sure that everything that's being communicated, what is said and isn't said, is thought through. It's a game changer. It's about taking inventory. It's about seasoning with salt. It's about economy. Here's another one. Substance over sound. Substance over sound. Raise your words, not your voice. Rain grows flowers, not thunder. This is so challenging for me. I think that if I say it louder, it means more. And what happens is, is if words create worlds, then when we say something negative with thunder, it is cataclysmic. It's cataclysmic to people. And if you start thinking economy, then you back down, keep your volume low, and only say what adds value. Are you rain to people when you speak? Are you refreshing the last one in terms of economy I've learned is be generous with life-giving words. This is for those people in the room who are introverted naturally, internal processors, and then you literally never let it out. You internally process, and then no one ever hears about it. You don't live in a vacuum. I'm here to challenge you. You live with people, and words have power. Words created world. Worlds And God's word created a beautiful world. And there's so much good that can be gained through a timely, wonderful, spoken, salty word. And you need to open your mouth and speak life to somebody. You have to. You, if you have something negative to say, I, I, didn't we all grow up? If you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say it at all. Wrong. If you don't have anything nice to say, Figure out something nice to say and say that because you should. And it shouldn't be empty, shouldn't be flattery, should be genuine. Words create worlds. We all live in this thing and we have to build this category of positivity. Now here's the kicker and then I need to end. The biggest challenge with this whole thing, Jesus wraps up for us when he's on earth. He puts it all together and ties it up with a bow 
He understands what his brother knows about how difficult it is to be kind. He understands the power of our words. And then he says, let me get to the thing behind the thing. And it's just kind of the way Jesus was. Like, you're talking about that, but this is what it's really about. And what Jesus says, he says it in Matthew and it's, it's, it's in Luke. He says, from the heart, the mouth speaks. And so if you're the kind of person that's just building this negative world for the people around you, you need a heart change. And the reality is we all do. Those of us that know Christ, the scriptures say the old things go away, the new things come, we get renewed, our minds get renewed by the word of God and the power of God. But we need to be continually reminded and continually cleaned and we need to repent from these, these things we've said and done. And we need to move towards these economy, salty, driven words that we speak. But for those of us that don't know Jesus, man, you, you've got this thing deep inside. And, and it's actually what's causing your mouth to speak. And so it's, it's, it's like the engine's bad. And you've got to get an overhaul at a heart level. Otherwise, this deadly poison, this, this, this horrific sword that we have... It's going to cause so much damage if we don't get our hearts figured out. So I'm going to take a minute and pray and pray for our hearts. Pray that God would change our hearts and that from our hearts, life-giving, beautiful, salty, economy-driven, wonderful words would be spoken from those of us who follow Jesus. Because our words, they create worlds. And there are people in here that need you to reinvent and recreate their world. Let's take a minute let's pray. Father, I pray for everybody in here, that everybody in here would take a minute and just put their hand in and just say, God, I'm in. I want to follow you. I love you. Forgive me of my sin. Jesus, come into my life. If someone's online right now, that they would just pray, just pray, Jesus, forgive me. Be my God. Be my Savior. And God, just create in me a clean heart. Just, just make me clean inside. Renew my heart so that from my heart, my mouth can speak life-giving words to the people around me. We love you. We thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.